0: In September 20, 2019, six million people took to the streets to protest climate change. Governments all over the world are pledging to decrease and even try to negate the effects of climate change. But how do you track it? Well, one way is through tracking the amount of greenhouse gas emissions and simply using it as a financial benchmark. We sit down with Maria Fujihara, Founder of Sinai Technologies, a company that helps build your corporate carbon strategy.
1: An engineer, banker, and dancer go on a hike. They
2: realize how things have changed and start a podcast.
1: Hi,
0: I'm Jed, the banker.
2: I'm Shikar, the engineer. And I'm Adrian,
1: the dancer. And we... RTHC.
0: We break down topics, meet pioneers, and share ideas. Welcome to Things Have Changed.
3: The World Bank publishes um, the carbon pricing dashboard and it shows the international regulations on carbon pricing that are today over 60 jurisdictions that already price carbon. And there's another website. That shows the state of carbon pricing in the U.S. and how the states are taking the lead.
2: So you've seen a, a, a significant difference between execution on the private side than on the public side.
3: Yeah, like Brazil is going to have a carbon tax, for example, this starting off this year. And it just started really moving when it got out of the Ministry of Environment and, it's, it, and, and it went to the Ministry of Finance. Uh, so now that, you know, they are looking at environmental or climate initiatives as, you know, a financial benchmark, now things move much faster. So. Um, that's, that's why carbon pricing is so important because you are attaching a financial benchmark to, to an environmental impact and it's the only way for them to move a little faster. And it's also, um, it's also one of the biggest reasons why companies have um, taken the lead because now they see the financial benefit and also all the other risks related to it. I think I would say that the economic perspective is really important
2: when we were reading into it we we kind of found it so interesting that okay the government sets a cap on how much you can emit mm-hmm. some companies go over it some companies are are within it so the companies that actually you know do not get to the cap can sell those credits to other companies yeah so
0: there's a secondary market that's created over this this cap and trade policy right
3: Yeah, no, yeah, that's, that's good. That's it. Uh, But, but you forgot to mention that, that are governments involved, that are auditors involved, there are like lots of reports and like approvals and costs. So it is, um, so they try to create it, um, to create a market out of um, a scientific concept. Um, you know, which is carbon emissions reductions, which is great. Like I said, it worked for European Union. It worked really well. It was really successful. Mm -hmm. But we need to move much faster than that. And we need to Mm -hmm. be much more more ambitious with targets and, you know, really achieving those targets. So governments price carbon in two different ways, which is the cap and trade systems, as as you're talking about, and through carbon taxes. Um, and then what, what companies have been doing for the past five years is that they have internalized this concept and a cap and trade system for, at a government perspective became an internal carbon fee for a company where they actually trade uh, carbon credits, but only for the company inside their business units. And that's actually what we do. And then the carbon tax became a shadow price at a company perspective. So they can put a price on their emissions internally and evaluate their, their risks internally. So this is kind of how companies had finan- I mean, incorporated these government concepts that are very broad and confusing and bureaucratic into their own business. And that's what companies have been doing, actually. A lot of companies, almost over 2,000 companies already price carbon internally.
2: The second you said companies price it internally. Now, if you're a big multinational company, pricing carbon in different countries, is that still considered as pricing it internally?
3: When I say pricing internally means always at a company perspective, meaning they are pricing their own operations. So this means that they are um, in setting before they offset Offset is buying carbon credits outside the company. It's when you, like you mentioned, you invest in a project that it's outside your company to compensate for your emissions. It's needed, but it's not the best approach. You should be in setting first. And because, you know, if you're just compensating your emissions, you're not really changing the way you do business. You're not changing your business as usual. Yeah. You're just going to keep growing. You're going to keep emitting. You're going to keep... Compensating, right? And that's the reason why we have only increased emissions for the past fifty years, um, because we haven't changed the way that we do business. Yeah. So I think we are in a turning point right now, where we have advanced technologically speaking, um, not only like hardware, but lots of software, and now we can totally implement new technologies to change the way we do business and really change change the, the perspective of, of emissions and and inset before you offset and then there's just one thing that i want to add because i'm not against offsets i I think we have to work with both but um, only if it's too expensive for you to reduce internally and that's why the financial piece is so important so you know how much does it cost for you to reduce internally if it's too costly then you go for offsetting for sure and that's the approach that most of tech companies take
1: so you mentioned that about 2000 companies are pricing their carbon internally. What goes into pricing carbon and how are these companies finding a universal or adaptable way to find a a consistent way to price carbon? Cuz I'm sure some companies might be more conservative, some might be not as conservative, so What kind of trends do you see with these companies and how are they pricing their carpet Mm -hmm. internally?
3: That's the million dollar question. (laughs) (laughs) Each company is different and they have different operations and they have different approaches. So it's funny, like I was talking to this coffee company. She owns uh, coffee shops in in UK, Uh, but like it's a chain of little coffee shops. But they mainly buy coffee grains from Colombia and Ethiopia, and then they transport everything through ships to 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 the UK. And then when it arrives in the port, they have to transport through roads and, and trucks. And basically, they are a transportation company. They are not a coffee shop company. And it's really hard for them to, to understand how to reduce their emissions because they don't own any of their, you know, supply chain. Like they don't own anything, like they are renting the ships, they are renting the trucks. It's really hard for them to change. For the companies that own their own facilities, their own, you know, operations, it's easier And for that, there are specific methodologies that we can use um, that are based on climate finance methodologies. Um, And they were created by uh, these two guys that actually won the Nobel Prize of Economics uh, 2018. They were the first ones that were calculating the externalities, how much does does it cost. Uh, This is basically what we call the social cost of carbon. That means what's the impact on society of pollution. So what's the cost for, you know, healthcare or for transportation or for whatever. Calculating a carbon price is based on the social cost of carbon. Another way of calculating is the operations way, the the, one, the example that I gave. So you can calculate what how much does it cost your entire operation and how much can you reduce. Um, and it, this is basically based on capex and opex and very financial analysis for from an operation perspective you can price carbon based on a benchmark like what are other companies doing and now you know if you want to have a competitive advantage you can you should be pricing more so you know you have um, a, in a way a competitive advantage and, and a fourth way is based on regulated markets so if you are in a market that has a carbon tax you're, you're just going to incorporate the carbon tax to your business analysis and you're going to establish a shadow price that is the, the same value or more than this carbon tax so you won't, won't have to pay a fine if you go over your limits um, that's also how a carbon tax works basically yeah it's through Uh, climate finance methodologies and for each company they have they should be looking to a different approach according to what their operations are or according to which industry they are and that's yeah that's what that's the issue that we're trying to solve right
1: now there's like so many different ways to measure it to quantify it to think about it and to attack it at so that's it's cool that it's really like Coming to fruition, and something is being formed right now.
3: Uh, companies have, like I said, there are over two thousand companies already pricing carbon internally. Um, I think uh, the biggest example is Microsoft. They have been, pri- yeah, they have been pricing carbon since two thousand and twelve. They are very advanced. They just recently announced that they are going to negative. Yeah, go negative since the day the, the the day that they started. So, like all the, they just also recently launched a tool that. Uh, that calculates the embodied carbon on their buildings. So oh because, gosh. you know, there's carbon. Yeah, it's very, <laughs> it's really complicated. Anyway, this, they are very advanced. So that's why they can't do this. I don't think that's the approach for most companies. But the way that they are pricing carbon is, it's basically they have an internal carbon fee. So they they calculate the impact of their business units. And then the impact, meaning the carbon emissions, and then they have a cap, uh, a limit for each one of those units. If they go over a cap that those units, they should be paying a price the way they, a price per, per ton of carbon emitted. The way that they define the price is that they divide all the the entire budget allocated for that year to invest in sustainability divided by the total amount of emissions for the entire company. So they come up with that number, which for me it's oh, yeah, I have many questions about this approach, but okay. So then they come up with, I don't know, $20 per tonne. Then they they charge their, the business units that go over the cap. The business units when they pay the the, the money goes to a fund, and this fund it goes to uh, they invest in low carbon technology, sustainability. Yeah, so that's their approach. Um, but there are many others, and I have many ideas on how to actually approach every single company in the world. But that that would take hours to talk about it.
2: <laughs> From your point of view, is it better if? the carbon prices are higher?
3: Uh, It depends.
2: Because if a company finds it harder or it costs them more to buy these credits and to, to actually negate their emissions, their objective would be less on buying them and rather be on having internal technologies that would cut emissions altogether. Because Fiat and GM were actually paying Tesla to buy their carbon credits. Isn't that crazy? Like competitors, you're giving money to the biggest challenger in the industry yeah. because that's the only way you can meet your cap. So it kind of incentivizes this, this whole sustainability action, I feel.
3: This is a great question, actually. The the price cannot be super low. Otherwise, it won't matter. You, you won't reduce emissions, Right. And the price cannot also be super high, otherwise nobody is gonna take it. So yeah, they are not gonna take it for they are gonna take it for granted, right? They are not gonna use it as real, you know, changing their decisions. So that's the that's the biggest uh challenge, I would say. What's the optimal price that you should be pricing yourself um, so you can induce behavior change in the company and you can still you know have the economic benefit.
2: thanks for listening to things have changed
1: be sure to subscribe to never miss an episode and follow us on our instagram at thc underscore pod
0: we're gonna see you next time